You're listening to Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American Podcast, Episode 80. Welcome to the Carry On Friends Podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community. With your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American Podcast. This is episode 80. The topic for this episode is Caribbean Americans and the American political process. That means voting, um, getting involved in different community boards, etc. Now, I normally don't go very political on the show. And this topic and this episode, it is an opportunity to explore what some of the topic that I've been exploring since 2016, 2017, where what we can do as immigrants who are naturalized and have the right to vote and how voting helps our community. And so my guest for this show is Joanne Antoine. Joanne currently serves as the manager of a state outreach and engagement for a common cause that's in Maryland. And she implements outreach plans for key policy campaigns, et cetera, et cetera. So she's going to tell us more about what she does exactly. I don't want to give too much away about the interview, so I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here's my interview with Joanne. Hello, Joanne. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast. I am so excited that you're on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. I'm a huge fan. Um, I think I discovered Carry On Friends maybe a year ago on Twitter. And I saw you guys talking about being unapologetically Caribbean. And I just knew that this this was the space that I wanted to be in. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And I am glad because, you know, being unapologetically Caribbean is who we are. And it doesn't mean that we are not saying you shouldn't you shouldn't represent the other aspects of your life mm-hmm. whether you're american but it's like or culture or history and, and mm-hmm. what we represent is very important and we're not gonna hide that for nobody yep so joanne why don't you tell the community of friends a little bit about who you are okay so hi everyone my name is joanne antoine again um i am haitian american i was born and raised here in the u.s um by way of New Jersey, and I currently live in the D.C. metro area. I like to tell people that I've been organizing since before I knew what organizing was. Um, So I was fortunate enough to uh, be surrounded by family members and people in my neighborhood who um, at the time were very active in their unions. Um, So as a child, I was helping to translate. I was helping uh, to collect petitions. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I found that those things kind of uh, carried on with me throughout my life. So, you know, going into college, I found myself doing path to citizenship trainings, targeted voter registration um, efforts, and then, you know, ended up working on uh, campaigns. Um, and right now I'm working for a nonpartisan nonprofit organization that you know, is really focused on holding power accountable. And we work on a number of good government reforms from uh, money and politics to transparency to um, voting rights. And, you know, in my free time, um, when I'm able to, I work as a consultant. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time, you know, helping women of Caribbean descent build winning campaigns. Um, and here in the U.S., you know, I work specifically with uh, women you know, who are Democrats. And, you know, I slowly began working with women of Caribbean descent who are running for office in the Caribbean region. Awesome. That is a lot. (laughs) So today's topic, we are talking about Caribbean Americans and the American political system or process, because Mm -hmm. as part of your experience, and um, like you said, we met on Twitter 
Mm-hmm. And recently, you know, whenever I go on Twitter and there's conversation about women, politics, and who's women running on local offices, you're all part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So before we get specifically to women, let's talk about, you know, Caribbean Americans and, you know, what we do or or role in the American political um, system because um, it's not enough. We, you and I, we in you know, before we started recording, mm-hmm. we already know that it's not enough to be a citizen, you know, you yeah. have to register to vote. And after you register to vote, you just have to vote. Mm-hmm. But um, what, what's from your perspective, what's the importance of Caribbean Americans and their involvement and participation in the American political process? I mean, I know, so we know that when Caribbean immigrants come to the country, you know, we are one of the top groups that uh, start on the path to becoming naturalized, mm-hmm. right? And when our people become naturalized, we register to vote. And when we register to vote, we vote them, right? Mm-hmm. Now, regardless of political affiliation, um, we want to make sure that these parties understand that the Caribbean community is a voting block in itself, right? We make up 7% of the populace. And in more than 7% of the populace and in states like Florida, um, in New York, even in smaller spaces like New Jersey, um, Maryland, you know, we can swing the vote. Right. So I found that a lot of times when candidates are running, you know, we are we become somewhat of an afterthought. Right. It isn't 2016 is a prime example. Right. Um, Hillary, who I who I supported, you know, waited until last minute to go and have a conversation um, in Florida with the Haitian community. Now, I think her first mistake was going and only talking to them. Um, anyone who knows me know that knows that I I want people like me or younger folks to begin to think of ourselves as a group. Right. So I don't want you to just come in and talk to the Haitian community. I want you to have a conversation with the Caribbean community altogether. Mm-hmm. Right. I also want the parties to engage us very early on. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of it falls on us. Right. Like they're not prioritizing us because we aren't as active in these parties or in these spaces as we should be. Right. We we do vote. I, I really do believe that our people do make it a priority to go out and vote. Um, but we aren't going to town halls. We aren't participating in community forums as much as we should. We aren't members of our political parties. We aren't making sure that there are commissions in our communities. Right. So there are a number of the things that we need to be doing um, in order for them to to prioritize our vote even more because it is important. Um, and them waiting to have conversations with us later on, on last minute, you know, is a mistake on, on mm-hmm. there, on both of, on both parties. Okay. That makes sense. And the, 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 you, you brought up something that I know is not just an issue mm-hmm. um, in the U S not just an issue in the democratic party, but also mm-hmm. in the Caribbean and that issue of, engaging a younger generation Mm -hmm. um so the democratic parties having that you know like all the 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 parties here are just Mm -hmm. having that issue and i know Mm -hmm. in the caribbean it's like how do you engage a younger (laughs) generation to be involved in politics much Mm -hmm. less you know for us who are we we are we're smack dab in the middle of two worlds Mm -hmm. you know most of i I can't speak for anyone else but i grew up in jamaica where Mm -hmm. When it's politics time, it was like, 
it was the most <laughs> violent time. It was like yeah. killings, shootings, yeah. and um, it is it, it was it was just a traumatic experience. So when mm-hmm. so my my view of election was always like, oh God, I hope nobody died. You know, I remember one year. I was going to school and the uniform I wore to school was green and my aunt picked me up from and she worked at the bank at the time and she was mm-hmm. was voting and they were about to block roads and mm-hmm. burn tires <laughs> and my aunt came with a change of clothes for me to get out my uniform my green <laughs> uniform and put on like neutral colors huh. and um I I just remembered it was just like a hurried state like all right hmm. come go home and and it was just so traumatic. And I feel like in some way, the Amer- and when I came to America and mm-hmm. started studying American history and American politics, it was just like, oh, you know, at least no killing not going on. <laughs> I did not think American politics would get to this level of, mm-hmm. you know, teetering on that level of violence, um, mostly on racial issues. Yeah. Um, so what do you say to that young person who was like, you know what? I ain't voting because none of none of these political <laughs> parties are really checking for me. They all say the same thing. So I've been getting a lot because I'm out in the field a lot. I have been interacting with a lot of young voters who feel the same, the same as I do, honestly, right now. Right. I don't want to pay attention to anything um, national. I don't want to hear anything. Forty five. Um, 45 being Trump, you know, I don't want to hear anything that 45 has to say. Um, so when I meet young people like that, I usually um, do two things. Right. I, I want I try and help them understand local politics. Right. Because a lot of times you'll find that most people are only thinking, um, you know, uh, national. on a national level. Mm-hmm. Right. They're only thinking about Trump right now, when in reality, the people who are making the decisions that affect your life right away have the greatest impact or on the local level. Mm-hmm. So I try and understand them, how, try and help them understand how your county council, depending on what state you're in, you know, how your county council really um, makes decisions that impact the way that your school is funded, right? Um, the problem with the road over here, this small business that doesn't have trash being picked up all month long and, you know, who now has rats running all around their businesses. Um, helping them understand that, Local is where you're needed most right now, especially with elections coming up in 2018. I think shifts um, their mindset a bit. Right. It also I, I think also because we have these new wave of of people running right uh, right here in Montgomery County. I'm in Maryland. We have over I think it's close to 40 candidates running just for four open county council seats. Wow. Right. It's 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 insane, but it's an exciting time. Right. And young people, I think we need to find new and innovative ways to get them involved. Mm-hmm. Right. So with them, I try and have them follow me. I try and have them come to council meetings with me, come to a board of election meeting and hear what some of the issues um, might be in 2018 with our voting at our voting um, precincts. Um, and I also try and figure out what their actual skills are um, and see seeing if maybe the young person who likes to do social media a lot, right? That person who loves to come up with graphics on Canva, um, whether or not I can try and get them to start doing that and find how should I say, make that connection to politics, right? Like you have a voice, you are important, you know, your opinion um, matters and you sharing these graphics and having them go viral about a candidate that you support, 
you know, or maybe that you oppose um, can also help swing the vote in your county. So I just think we have to meet them halfway. Um, and also just remember that we're all going through somewhat of a PTSD right now, right? Mm -hmm. We've all been traumatized. We're all afraid of what's going to happen in the next few years. Um, but I think we can have the greatest impact on a local level and just stressing that um, and helping them find their voice and connecting their talents to that voice and, and the movement, I think will, will help to get garner their interest in some way. Okay. All right. Now, in terms of local level participation, I know one aspect of what you do, you try to get women involved in mm -hmm. politics, Caribbean women, mm -hmm. and get them involved. You, you're all, you, you began working in the Caribbean, but you're also doing work here. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about the work and why you've chosen to focus on women running for offices versus men men. Um, it's not that I don't support Caribbean. So if a Caribbean man is running for office, um, I'm definitely going to support you. I just might not put as much effort <laughs> into your campaign. Um, but I think, again, growing up in New Jersey, I didn't see that many women of color running for office at all. Mm -hmm. um, and the few women of color who were running weren't women that looked like me, right? Or women that understood that in my household, right, we were concerned about things happening here in the U.S. Um, and back home, mm -hmm. right? So I, and also I'd say because my mother, um, just for whatever reason, she she's an active voter. She became a citizen. Um, she goes out and vo votes, but she won't do much else, right? And a lot of times I found that Caribbean women are always at the forefront of change anyway. We're already leaders. We're already doing a lot of things that politicians or, or, you know, elected officials do, but for whatever reason, we don't want to take that leap of faith and run. Mm -hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with what you were saying back home, right? In Jamaica, it is just the political climate is one that you just don't want to get involved in, right? It's something that is not safe. Um, in Haiti, um, it's the same. Um, I also think that because we're raised, I, I try to say we're raised not to... I can't say not to get involved in politics, but it's more like our goal is to be, you know, to make it through school, but to become mothers, right? To become mm -hmm. mothers, to take care of our household. And a lot of times, you know, they think that our becoming, in becoming involved in politics will, you know, take away from that, right? I can't be a mother and mayor of this town. Um, when in reality, we can do both. Um, and I found that, you know, a lot of times I, were, I was running into Caribbean women who were awesome, who were doing a lot of things in their community. And I just started making it my priority to ask them if they wanted to run. Here in the United States, I'd say the norm for a woman of color who is running for office, you know that when you run the first time, um, there's a great chance that you are not going to win, mm -hmm. right? So just getting them to, to move past that, right? Our goal right now um, is to build some name recognition for you, right? To build a list of supporters for you um, so that when you run again, we can help you build a winning um, campaign. And I've just kind of prioritized that. I want our women to start thinking that we can do it all because we can, right? Mm -hmm. We already are doing these things. So I've just kind of made it my priority to push them to the forefront of all things um, political. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that, you know, the national level, it exists. But let's mm -hmm. look at getting involved on the local level first, mm -hmm. whether that's your city level and then from your city level, you move up to state level. Mm -hmm. And then that is kind of where us as young people should also be looking. 
um, and getting involved in some way to build some name recognition. So if you run the first time, Mm -hmm. you run a great campaign, you don't win, that shouldn't discourage you. No. Figure out other ways that you could be involved, maybe Mm -hmm. the community school board Mm -hmm. positions and different Mm -hmm. positions that allow you to, you know, be visible and have an Mm -hmm. impact. Um, Okay, so those are two things that people can do. But the other issue is with politics, it's about raising money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, you know, how as Caribbean Americans, you know, because we we participate, we'll go out and vote, mm-hmm. but we don't always, I find the same people. Want to give. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not so much giving, mm-hmm. but I find that when I, I'm here in New York City and and I, to my listeners, I know this is at a disadvantage because New York City <laughs> is just such a unique place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Florida is the same, where you have a lot of Caribbean people in local government, but you hear mm-hmm. the same names over and over, all again. over again. Mm-hmm. And, and I know this young man. Well, I, he's he's probably going to say thanks for calling me young man, Carrie Ann. <laughs> but he's around or a younger demographic, and he just ran. And he ran against um, a veteran, other Caribbean person for a mm-hmm. seat, and he lost his seat. But he did a mm-hmm. good run. And so it's like how I think this is his first run. So the, the the thing applies where you know he could make you know keep doing this and probably try to run again. But I think the challenge is getting people to as you vote with familiarity. Mm-hmm. So if you keep hearing this name, I'm going to vote for this name because I don't know, really know this person. So what do mm-hmm. you have to say to people who are, you know, to, to the one fundraising. To, yeah, to <laughs> fundraising for the new person? Mm-hmm. And 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 what what advice do you have to give to people who who vote and how can they give other people a chance Mm-hmm. To get into it because you don't want to wait until this man ready to retire to bring in flesh, fresh <laughs> to bring blood. in someone though, no. yeah, because that's what Honestly, what's his name had to deal with the guy mm-hmm. from Harlem. I can't remember his names. I Charles I know who you're Randall. About. You know, he was on the Ways and Means Committee. Mm-hmm. He was on that committee since Wapi killed Philip, as we say in the Caribbean, <laughs> since like Martin Luther King days. <laughs> so you know, by hmm. the time. He was retiring. It was just kind of like, who's going to fill his seat? And yeah. I think there's an issue with um, transitioning and, mm-hmm. and, and and getting new people in. So let's talk about how you're talking to mm-hmm. a younger demographic to get involved and what can establish politicians, especially of Caribbean descent, can mm-hmm. do to start grooming younger leaders. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, right? So... With, I'll take fundraising on first. Mm-hmm. Fundraising is a difficult task for everyone, um, especially if we are trying to fundraise within our own community. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the black community as a whole, right? Not just uh, Caribbeans, um, but we don't have a, a big history of, of giving. Um, you know, I, I've meet voters who would rather give tithe, you know, which is fine, um, versus giving $10 to a candidate. So it is tough. Um, when you're fundraising. But this is where I'm going to stress the importance of making sure that you are already, you know, heavily involved in your community and that you are making it a priority to build relationships. Right. Because a lot of times 
um, the groups that you are involved in. Um, maybe there are local unions that are support that are in your community, um, the party. All of them might be the ones who are going to be able to give you the financial support that you need. Um, unions, a lot of times, will endorse. And when they endorse, they um, might be willing to support you financially or pay for resources like yard signs that you might have needed that you didn't have um, the funds to purchase before. Um, the political party is another resource they're supposed to, depending on how you know good your state uh, party is, you know they can help you with um, you know identifying supporters, giving you access to their list so that you can use um, on your campaign. Um, there are also in New York, I know that you guys do have a small donor um, public financing program. Um, so depending on the type of position that you're running for, there are programs out there um, that are made to, you know, help you build competitive, um, competitive races. Um, but again, I think at the end of the day, those relationships that you build on the ground are what's going to determine, you know, how much you're able to raise and how much your race is going to be how competitive your race is going to be. Mm -hmm. um, and when it comes to leadership, I think we run into this everywhere. I, I think our leaders, our current elected officials need to make it a priority to kind of, you know, take some young people that they think are, you know, great leaders, take them under their wing and, and start to train them, right? Give them give them access to your contacts, take them to meetings with you, help to, you know, continue to help them establish the relationships that you have already so that they can go on and take um, the positions that you have. But again, none of that is going to happen if you're not involved on the local level. If, if people in your city don't know who you are, you're going to have a difficult time um, raising funds. So I'd say before you make the decision to run tomorrow, you know, make sure that people are seeing you at these town hall meetings. Make sure that they are seeing you, you know, at your school board uh forums, you know, make sure that people are getting to know you, um, make sure that the Caribbean community feels as though you have their backs, right? Because mm -hmm. I do think that we will give, um, at least in my hometown, the church, a lot of times is the one that is talking to, you know, people in, in our sanctuary and asking the them if they yes, and asking them if they'll consider running. So you have people behind you, right? Um, and they will come around and give you small bits here and there. Um, you'll find that they will come out and knock doors for you um, at the end. You just have to make the experience exciting and you have to make them um, feel invested in you. And the way of doing that is by having, you know, been doing good things for them since the very start before you even decided to run. Those are some really good points. And I think that before we wrap up, I mm -hmm. I want to I want to get like what do you want? What's one takeaway mm -hmm. that you want um, the audience, millennials, the younger Caribbean generation, to take away about you know the Caribbean mm -hmm. and how American politics not only affects the Caribbean voting block mm -hmm. here, but how American politics because of its proximity to the yeah. Caribbean because of its proximity to the U.S., how that impacts the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Huh. I guess one, I have multiple things in my Go mind ahead. right now. I Run think I, <laughs> Go with I mean, it. obviously, you know, I'm always going to, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't make sure that everyone who's listening, who's an eligible voter, you know, make sure that makes sure that they are registered to vote, um, that their voter registration is up to date. If you are someone who is a resident and, um, you know, you're eligible to become a citizenship citizen, I think you should start on that process. Right. Because a lot of times you'll find that people are in this mindset where 
They think that they're going to be able to go back home. And that's the goal. You know, I want to be able to send my parents back to Haiti. But right now, you know, they're, you know, my dad's a cab driver. My mom is a CNA. And, you know, they don't make enough where, you know, they're going to go back to Haiti and live these lavish lives. Right. Mm -hmm. So so being able to have an impact on where you are right now is important. So if you haven't already, make sure you're registered to vote. Um, I'd also say. You know, in order to ensure that our issues, right, that we are being prioritized, that we're part of the conversation, we need to make sure that we are joining our local parties. So if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, you know, sign up and become a member of your county or your state um, party. Get involved. Make sure they know who you are. When you walk into that room, make sure that they know you are of Caribbean descent. Um, I make it a priority. When people meet me, I don't tell them first off that I'm Haitian. I say I'm of Caribbean descent. And then, you know, if they're interested, they'll ask me where from. And I'll say that my parents are from Haiti. So make sure you guys are are entering those spaces and that you're making sure people know um, that our people are involved, right? We, we do understand we are paying attention um, to local and national politics and we want to help bring about change in this country as well. And I'd also say, I think one other important thing, um, if you're in a state or a county that doesn't have a Caribbean commission, start one, right? Go and meet with um, your local elected officials and, and tell them that you would like to start a group that can, you know, help give them advice on how to address issues that are impacting the people in your community. Um, in DC, I think DC is the first place I interacted with that had a commission. Um, and granted, we need to do more work on these commissions as well. Um, before you but, go any further, I'm sorry to cut mm-hmm. you. What is this commission? Like, I don't understand. Like, so a lot of times, a lot of times I'll use Montgomery County as um, Maryland as an example. A lot of times the governor will appoint these advisory groups. Right. You'll you'll see that there's like an African-American commission. Um, there'll be a Latino commission. And and depending on the issue. You know, sometimes they'll come to these groups um, of selected individuals or appointed individuals and ask them for advice on how best to address this issue. Right. So um, let's say we're having a discussion on on, you know, possibly establishing a sanctuary city. Right. In a community where there's a large African and Caribbean um, population. Right. We want to make sure that we are part of these conversations and the governor might call on this group of people to ask them what they think. Right. So establishing these commissions are really important in Montgomery County. um, We have one here. Um, The county executive makes it a priority to meet with the group on a regular basis. Um, And, and, you know, and, and I think the groups also come up with their list of priorities also, right? So they'll make recommendations to the county executive. Um, They'll make sure that during June, when it's the National Caribbean American Heritage Month, right? The community remembers that (laughs) and Mm -hmm. is doing events that um, are catered towards us. So I'd say if, if you don't have one, you know, Try and get one established. Start those conversations. Um, and if you have trouble, you know, I'd be happy to help. They are important. They are important. Yeah. So so how so how so you can also help us figure out if I'm sure there's one mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah, I'm positive there has to be. <laughs> there's one in New York. I mean, there yeah. has to be. But, you know, it's like, how do you even go and find out? I mean, I'm sure there's one in New York, mm-hmm. but unless until you mentioned it, like I'm, yeah. I'm not thinking of a commission. 
Um, yeah. and, and maybe because I take for granted that I, I see Caribbean Americans in politics here, not mm-hmm. just Jamaicans, but people from Trinidad, mm-hmm. Haitian, you know, people of Haitian descent, Jamaican mm-hmm. descent, you know, Trinidadian descent are in politics, not mm-hmm. only local, but state politics and, um, you know, in the Senate, the House of Representatives, yeah. we have, you know, um, Yvette Clark. So, you know, mm-hmm. that much I know, but unless, until you said commission, <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 what's, what's that? And a are- lot of times they're called different things. D.C., it's a commission. In Maryland, our state does have a commission, but then our county has like the Caribbean American Advisory Group. So I'd go onto your state website first and see if the state even has one in, in, in place. And I'm positive New York does. Um, and then I'd look on an even more local level because a lot of times um, these state commissions, you know, they're supposed to oversee the entire state and, you know, counties kind of get lost in the weeds, right? So if there's something that is specific um, to your county, I'd go on your county website, just start Googling, right? Start Googling Montgomery County Caribbean group and see if anything pops up. And if not, then I'd reach out to your council member. I reach out to your council member, ask if it, if it exists, um, and if not, what steps you need to take um, to establish one. Okay, good. So, all right, so I'll let you continue with any other takeaways you have for, hmm. so we talked <laughs> about um, getting involved in the political process, mm-hmm. um, you, a path to citizenship. Um, mm-hmm. What other takeaways would you like us to have? Um, I think two other things, two other important things. One you know, especially in my, I'm going to use my state just because, um, well, my county, just because it is a majority minority. Um, you'll find that we have a lot of a million Dem clubs and I know New York does too. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're in a state, um, where there's an African American democratic club, there's a, a Latino Dem club, there's a women's one, but there isn't a black Dem club. Right. And I, and I, and I say black because a lot of times you'll find part that parties aren't as inclusive as they should be. Right. When I hear African-American, I know that they're talking to me, um, but I, I but I I don't listen because you didn't make it a priority to make sure that my community was really involved. Right. So using a term like black, helping to establish a black Dem party or a, if there's already a black one, maybe you want to start a Caribbean Dem group. If that is the way that you feel will best, you know, activate Caribbean people in your community, I think start one. I think you should start one. And I think my last thing would be if you see, I, I know that there's been a million lists coming out with people who are running. Um, I know I shared a link the other day that lists over 400 women, black women who are running for office all throughout the country. Um, there are other lists that you know, have men on them as well. I'd say go through those lists. Look to see if there are any people that stick out that might be of Caribbean descent, you know, and support them, right? Even if they're not in your state, we need to make it a priority um, to support good candidates. Um, So yeah, I'd say if you find one, you know, give to them if they can, if you can, if they're in your state, you know, help them help knock some doors, help with some voter education, you know, make sure they get the opportunity to come to your church and talk to your, um, you know, talk to the congregation, mm. help them in any way that you can. You know, are there any other organization that, you know, yeah, um, go ahead. I'm trying to think of other groups. So I, I, I realized that one problem in the Caribbean community that is that, you know, a lot of times our countries 
each create their own very specific, you know, political groups here in the U.S., right? So the Haitian community, we have a million and one political things, um, but they don't talk about Caribbean issues as a whole, right? They don't do a oh, good job. We need to connecting. do another show. We need to do another show. Yeah. Really. So I, I, I'd say that, that right there alone is a problem. And actually, the other day, someone sent me a direct message on Twitter. You know, they wanted to know if there was any Caribbean groups or Haitian Haitian groups that were, you know, specifically focused on registering our voters, right? And doing um, voter education and all. And none of that existed. I went and I searched and, you know, we have things like the Caribbean pack and all these other small things here. But, you know, one, they don't do a lot of times... I try not to blame them, but a lot of times the older folks, you know, they'll create these groups and they don't bring young people on, right? Or when we do go in, you know, they don't let us um, become as involved as we would like mm-hmm. to be. So I'd say if someone is listening to this right now and you are someone who not only pays attention to U.S. politics, but you are, you know, very connected and staying um, engaged in Caribbean politics all over, I think if you could make it a pri- make it a priority to just do some like outreach right help us understand when there's an issue or decision that's being made here in the US and a vote is coming up and you know that this decision is in some way going to triple down and and affect us back home let us know right send out an action alert tell us to call this legislator and tell them to vote x um and if you have it in your heart i'd say start a group if you can cuz cuz we need more of them and in all honesty, I talk to Caribbean politicals all the time um, where we say we want to start these different things. And it just takes so much work. Um, and a lot of times there aren't financial resources available to us. Mm-hmm. So even though we want to do it, you know, we're at a standstill because we're stuck looking for grants. Um, but if someone can run off and just start doing it, I think that would be that would be big because right now there isn't any one group that is yeah, that is focused on, you know, the Caribbean, H- H- American, not Haitian, Caribbean, U.S. political I, engagement thing altogether. Like, there isn't any group. You know, the fact that we can't point to somewhere right now is bad, right? So we mm-hmm. have all this political power, and we have not successfully found a way to organize mm-hmm. yet, right? So we need to find, a, we need to prioritize that, especially leading up to these coming uh not 2018 is too close, but 2020, mm-hmm. we, if we want to get 45 out, we need to find a way to make sure that, you know, our people are completely connected and that we are able to move them to action right away when we need to. All right. <laughs> so there you have it, Joanne. She yes. is um, a really great resource. Whenever something is happening, I just kind of go see what her Twitter feed is like. I don't want to hear from anyone else <laughs> um, about politics, but really... Um, I told her on the show, I typically don't do politics on it, but I really think it was a disservice not to have mm-hmm. a discussion about politics, especially with the recent comments about Haiti and other yeah. African countries and, you know, knowing or value and worth to not mm-hmm. democratic, um, um, officials, but also Republican and independent, um, mm-hmm. officials, um, if we get, or if we mobilize and really, you know, display or strength in numbers and or actual voter turnout so i thank you so much for coming and thank you so much for the information and i'll definitely put in the show why don't you tell people where they could connect with you (laughs) um i the best place to connect with me is twitter so it's at joanne so at j-o-a-n-n-e 
underscore A-N-T-O-I-N-E. And when you go on my Twitter, you'll find other ways. I think there's an about me that pops up. Um, so you can easily find me on LinkedIn and um, email me if you need to. Okay, awesome. Thanks again, Joanne, for being on the Carry On Friends Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, welcome. And like I say at the end of every show, walk good. <laughs> Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S.com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.